As the new year unfolds, make it a year of comfort and indulgence with Minky Couture. Wrap yourself in the lap of luxury with our exquisite blankets. Picture the cozy moments, the warmth of our premium materials, and the stylish designs that define Minky Couture. Welcome the new year with the ultimate in comfort and sophistication. January is your month to embrace luxury. Visit MinkyCouture.com or your nearest store today. Elevate your comfort, elevate your style with Minky Couture. Thank you for having me, Eric. How are you this evening? Sounds like you have some birds well. in the background. Yep, I do. But I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, you decided that you'd like to sit down and tell us your story. Um, interesting, interesting conversations we've had so far. And, for sure. Uh, so this uh, this event. Let's let's. Let's go a little back before this happened. You were okay. obviously um, in Wyoming. I was on vacation on you, Wyoming, in, in Wyoming. Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And I assume from the photographs that you forwarded to me, the, um, the, the distance into the woods that you were camping, I, I assume that you were very comfortable and, and uh, camped quite a bit. That yes. doesn't seem um, like. Years before, we've been camping for years. So we would head off into the Uintas mm-hmm. when and I would the, go to the, Wyoming. And the Uintas are uh, pretty much run the border along Wyoming and Utah, correct? And Idaho. Idaho, okay. No, I would be um, Utah. I'm sorry, Utah. I thought so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've camped more than once. Okay. But yeah, this time we went to um, the Uintas, which I didn't realize at first wasn't in Wyoming. However, 
it's so close to the border that we drove right across into the Uintas. So it would be um, Utah that we were camping in. So you were very comfortable with the idea of going out camping Oh, absolutely. completely off the grid. Yep, we have done it many times before. And as far as as far as the wildlife that you had encountered on previous camping trips, mm-hmm. I had I, I imagine you had a very good understanding of what kind of animals were in the forest that you were you were camping in. Yes, absolutely. And you were prepared for those. <laughs> we certainly were. But then in 2019, mm-hmm. you decided to go back to the same place. Yep. And my friend picked me up. We went to her house and we packed her camper. <clears throat> we went to the store and got everything we needed. Um, extra gas, chainsaws, food, all of it. Because we knew once we got out there that we wouldn't be coming back in. And we certainly had no cell phone service out there. So Yeah, it looks very remote from the pictures that you sent to me. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, oh, yeah, it's definitely remote. Mm-hmm. And you might see um, a camper here and there, you know, while you're driving around. Mm-hmm. But it's not like your normal campground. Like, it was a whole other world to me when I went camping there years ago for the first time. I guess I didn't realize that it wasn't a campground that you haul your trailer in or your tent and you just, wherever you can fit in, you can camp. <laughs> so for the listeners, oh. this this is not a uh, Wyoming-based KOA campground or uh, no. some oh, other no. large uh, recognizable no. campground. This, no, you're, actually, you're out in the wilds. Um, as far as I know, uh, what we did every year was we would stop. There's a, um, I don't know if it's the Forest Rangers. It's a building, and you stop, and then you write in a piece of paper, and um, you tell them how many people are going with you, when you plan to return, um, about how far you're going up, you know, what you're driving, things like that. And then I think you pay like 6 or $7, and you're good to go. But you're providing an action plan for for the the amount of time that you're planning on being there, so somebody yes. knows that you're yes. you're in there, uh, approximate location. Uh, yes, and some of her friends um, also knew where we were at, like knew where we would be mm-hmm. in the area. So walk us into so, walk us into that day. Just you know, let's start from the start from the beginning. You know what what's your well, what are you doing? You hiking? You just so kind of hanging out? Um, we actually pack up and we drive until we find a spot, which we had found some. Um, it was up a mountain. And it was by beaver ponds. And the terrain is pretty rough, so you, you can't drive fast, you know, you especially hauling a camper. Um, you are seriously going about 10 miles an hour. So it, it takes quite a while to get to where you're going. So we decided that we were going to camp at the beaver ponds, which is, they're like logging roads. So you, you drive on these roads and if, you know, there might be another road that goes off of it that cuts off. They're just winding dirt trails. So we got our camper settled into the spot we wanted. And this was after the 4th of July rush. Like we purposely didn't go 4th of July weekend because there would be so many people up there. Mm -hmm. So we went after 
the fact in the middle of the week. Um, so we parked the camper in and being two women, we just went ahead and did what was easiest, which was pull the camper right on down. So the truck was facing the wood line. And so we dropped the trailer and we set it up right there. And then we went and got our rocks and our firewood. Um, I made a fire. We hung lanterns in the trees. The picture that you sent of your fire, that one, that one log that you had in the fire. Mm -hmm. I'd like to know how the hell you guys moved that. That I'll tell you how we got that. (laughs) So, so we went into the woods and what that was, was like the root and all the tree. So what we did was, um, it looked like it had already been cut off at one end. So we just rolled it, you know, team rolled it down the hill mm-hmm. and across <laughs> the path to get it to the fire pit. And we did that. We did not burn that until the second day. That looked like enough wood to, to fire, yeah, and fire it was because for three days. We didn't, we didn't want to have to keep on and going and dragging wood out and cutting it. Like we're not going to cut trees down. So what we were doing, we're just taking down trees mm-hmm. and we would yank them out and we would cut them up and use those, um, like the deadfall. Yeah. So the, that's how we made our fire. I mean, we just thought it was smarter to get the bigger pieces. So the fire would stay going all night long. And we also put lanterns up on the trees. We hung lanterns on the trees around the perimeter of our campsite because we were two girls and we had her two children with us. So we made it as safe as possible. Um, We used the bathroom and the camper. We cooked on the campfire. However, we washed everything up when we were done. So there were no scraps laying out there you know, we didn't have coolers out. We didn't have food out in the open. Trash, nothing like that. Um, and that day we just kind of relaxed and went hiking at different spots. Found some cool rocks. And then we settled in for the night. And that night was perfect. We were pretty exhausted. So we went to bed kind of early. And then we got up the next morning. And made breakfast, and we kind of did the same thing. Um, we had to go to the stream and haul water up and heat that on the fire to wash up and stuff like that. Um, and then we decided to go hiking again. So we pulled her truck out, which, like I said, we were pulled right into the wood line so we could hook it back up and just back right out when it was time to go. Mm-hmm. So we drove around that day and hiked, and everything was pretty great. And we drove to different places, and then when we came back, we went ahead and pulled the truck up in front of the trailer again and backed it in because we knew the next morning, you know, that we would clean up and we would head out. So that's how the truck got in the spot that it was in. So that night, we um, made our fire super big, and we had plans to just sit there and drink and visit. Well, a couple drinks in, like we certainly were not drunk, um, a couple drinks in, and probably over a span of, you know, two hours, we had this fire going 
pretty well, and we had went ahead and put her children to bed. So what time are we talking about now? Rough. We're probably talking, this is probably about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. So it's, it's good and it's dark. It's late. Yeah, oh yeah, it's dark. And we were actually like looking, um, you could walk up on the one hill and you could see the stars a lot better. So we walked up there and saw the stars. We weren't very far from our camp spot at all. Then we walked back down and we were sitting around the fire laughing and giggling and um, then all of a sudden, like maybe butterflies, like I just got really nervous kind of or mm, I guess uncomfortable or or just (laughs) odd feeling. Mm -hmm. And she was standing up. I was sitting in a chair. And she was on the other side of the fire, and she was standing up, poking the fire. And then we had started our big log, so we knew it would burn overnight. And so I asked her, I said, so how long do you think it will take for this fire to die down so we can go inside? And she went to say something, and then when she did... Like it started from, it would have been in front of the truck. There was this this crashing noise, like like trees snapping and falling, but it circled our whole campsite within a matter of seconds, really. I mean, it... It was super quick. Like, I've never in my life seen anything like that before. Um, so we we couldn't so, see into the woods, but you could just see, like, um, it would be like, I don't, I don't know, like a, like someone driving through the trees, you know what I mean? And they're, and they're breaking, and you can kind of see, like, the swoosh in them, if that makes sense. So you were actually able to see movement in inside yes. the tree line. Yes, and she hollered, but it was just for a second. It just started right where I was looking, and when she hollered, run, like we both ran and went into the camper and locked ourselves in there. And we're absolutely terrified. So it made it around the camp one time? More? Yes. As far as I know, it only took... It was so quick that once you registered what was going on, like that fast, we jumped up and ran. It it was super quick. So no, I didn't see anything. Nothing jumped out at us, you know. Nothing beat on the side of the trailer. Nothing like that. But you're it saying, but you're saying you were able to see movement of yes. of the trees that were snapping and the and the brush that was being. Yeah, over. I don't know if they were snapping, but the trees. You know how if you were to. Like the like the bushes and stuff, mm-hmm. like you would see them. You know what I mean? Like something's running through the middle of them. Yeah. Like a swoosh. What did you he- I, What did you hear? What did I hear? Yeah. I um, mean, a, a bunch of crashing. Did you breaking? Hear, did you hear anything that you would have related to being what was causing? No. That? No, I heard no growls. I heard no. Um screaming, 
no whooping, no nothing. It it was just the just the breaking and we're talking of the ma- trees. And we're talking a matter of seconds from matter of seconds. That's what was so baffling to me. Like now she grew up out there, so I mean her her parents camp for years. This is what they do in mm-hmm. Wyoming. Like they are campers. They are these people camp. And they all ride around with shotguns in the backs of their trucks. And, and they're wonderful people, but they're very smart. And they're very smart when it comes to the land. Like, I would never go camping there alone. I would never, ever take my family and head off into the woods because I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Not out there. You know, like, like they do smell for bears and they, they know where, you know, wolves or moose or elk, you, you know, yeah, I would never go out there, but she knew what she was doing. And I had been previously before, like, she thinks of everything when you're camping. Like, these people are prepared. And she flat out just called it. She said, run. Yes. And we were both absolutely terrified. Like, we we left. Um, we had been taking pictures with our phones. Our phones are out by the campfire. We did not try to put the campfire out. We seriously ran and locked ourselves in there and thought, you know, like, I don't know. What I did, what did you best. think? At that point, I didn't know what really to think. I think I was more, I went into a shock. Like, I, I was so terrified that I peed my pants, you know. I mean, I was so terrified that I was shaking uncontrollably, like I couldn't, um, I don't know. Like I, I couldn't really. You literally lost control. Wrap my body. head around what was happening. Something like out of a scary movie. Like I never. Yeah, yeah. And if I guess, um, yeah, I was just terrified. And I don't know what it was. I don't know. You know, nothing. Like I said, I didn't see anything. Um, no, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. They're like, there are, there's deadfall and there's rocks and there's holes and like the terrain out there is. It's treacherous. You could break an ankle. Yeah. Even if you grew up in the mountains, you certainly couldn't run like that. And (laughs) you couldn't, um, no one, it couldn't have been a person because it was dark and where we were at, you know, you can, you can see headlights coming in. So, I mean, so someone would have to turn their headlights off, you know, a mile down the road and then creep into the woods with, you know, no lights of any sort to get to where you're going. That's stupid to think anybody would do that. No one would do that. And I know that like, like deer and elk and moose, I would assume bed down, correct? I mean, I'm not a hunter by any means, but. In in the in the evening, yeah, they're they're known. Yeah, to, I would think they would down. they would bed down at night. And bears, I mean, there weren't any bears around that area. You can smell bears, and like we had been all over that place. So at the point that you you started becoming nervous for for no good apparent reason, you had you didn't you didn't know why you were no. No, no, at first I thought maybe because 
you know, like when you're sitting there, you know, and, and like, that's my vacation away from my family. Mm-hmm. And so of course I miss my family. So maybe, you know, maybe I was thinking maybe it was that, or maybe it was because, um, you know, I was out of my element, like, uh, I'm used to lights and I'm used to cars driving by and I'm used to, you know, getting cell phone service and listening to a radio or. But this is your second night out there, right? Yeah, this is my second night out there. I mean, and that would seem like an and odd time. And I can't tell you to... how many trips I've been out there before. I just think it's like a part of me being homesick or, you know what I mean? Missing your family, missing your life. Yeah. But um, no, I don't know. I don't know why I got fearful. I, like I said, I looked back and tried to think like, okay, was maybe because you were missing everybody at home or maybe because you couldn't talk to him for a couple of days because you were out there. Um, maybe it was because it was so dark and, and maybe the realization that you're so far out there that if something, you know, were to happen to a tire or to someone like, how would we get help? Mm-hmm. Maybe, um, but no, I, I don't think, I, I don't know. I'm, I guess I could try to rationalize it in my head. Like I try to figure out what it was in my head looking back and there was really no reason that we should have been afraid like that. There was really no reason at all. It seems awfully coincidental that it happened moments before, moments before the, the crash yeah. and thundering through the, through the woods. Yeah, and I, and I did ask her when I was in the camper room there. I'm like, what was that? Like, what was that? And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, what was that? You know, it's like I kept saying, like, what, what's going on? Like, what is that? Like, what should we do? What is that? And she's like, I don't know. We need to stay inside. Like, I don't know what it is. We had thought about leaving. But then, you know, the truck is at the wood line now from that day. Because, you know, the next morning we were going to leave that day. So it would have been easier for us. So we couldn't, you know, if, if, we, if we were to get out of the camper and run to the truck, we would have to wake these children up, put them in the truck along with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Even if we left the camper, even if we left that there and came back and got it, we would have had to get in the vehicle. Someone would have had to walk, you know, to the driver's side, which is right on the wood line which would have left me right on the other part of the wood line where there, there's actually like a, like a, a river or a creek or I don't, I don't think it's a creek. I think it's bigger than that, but you know, yeah. So your basic thought process, you're, you're already determining that you don't, you we don't, know we can't get out. You don't want to create any more exposure to yourself. No, outdoors. absolutely not. No, no. We didn't want, we didn't, I mean, we wanted to leave, but we couldn't leave. And I, I guess we probably could have tried, but at that point, like, like, I don't know what that was that just happened, but if that's some sort of crazed animal, which I seriously doubt that, but I mean, how do you, how do you get out and get the kids and get everybody in the truck safely? If they can run that fast, I mean, it's certainly going to grab us running 20 foot from the camper to the door. Of the truck. Can you guess about the the um, the distance away from you? Now, granted, you couldn't see it, but you know. Um, hmm. Well, 
It was just from the other side of the wood line. So 10 yards. And, and so the areas yards. aren't maybe 25, 20, 25. I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't too awfully long. And I guess I could sit here and try to give you an exact number, but I would be lying to you because I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> I really, no, it was I'm close just... enough. I mean, yeah, it was, it was close enough, but it wasn't like 10 foot away. No, it was. So what's your conversation that evening once you're, once you guys are inside the camper and the door is locked and. Well, I think we were just kind of kind of looking out the windows. Like we didn't have our face to the windows, but we had it lit up. You know, we had lanterns in the trees and we had the campfire going. So we were just kind of like looking to see what, and I think we were just asking like, what was that? Like, like what's happening? Like, what do we do? I think we were both kind of in a panic to where we didn't know what to do. And I don't think anybody would have done anything differently. I think everybody would have stayed in the camper. I think everybody, if they would have seen how the vehicle was parked and that we couldn't get out, you know, without doing like a 20 point turn to get this thing out. And, and, and even so, no, no, we couldn't have. I mean, it's probably a good thing we didn't try to get the truck out because there were stumps. There were like, like tree stumps and big rocks. So we probably would have hit one of those anyway if we had tried that that night. So we ended up just, we had the camper locked up and we kind of just waited. So I assume nobody really went to sleep that night except for the kids. Um, the kids were sleeping. Um, I, I went to sleep. You, you were able to sleep. I, I don't think that I was able to sleep. I was terrified, like so much so that I know it sounds pretty crazy, but I think that maybe like the mental part to deal with it, I just shut down. Well, I don't think that sounds crazy at all. Like I, I just mean, laid there and just like passed out for a couple hours because I was had never been that afraid in my life. Like I don't think I've ever felt terror like that. I know I haven't. And that in itself, I mean, kind of step away from from the experience itself for a second. The amount of fear that you were feeling. You've you've been camping before. You've been out in mm-hmm. the wilderness. You're no stranger oh, yeah. to to these activities. Oh no. I mean, do you do you have any kind of a inclination as to why you were struck with that intense amount of fear? No, I don't. That your brain basically burned out and you had to just shut down for a while. Yeah, I totally shut down. I don't have any idea why. Um, She did stay awake as long as she could, and I think she passed out eventually for a minute. And when I woke up, the sun was just coming up. Now, at this point, prior prior to this experience, is, is Sasquatch or Bigfoot a anywhere even on your radar or no absolutely not my oldest son used to watch um finding bigfoot all that good stuff and i used to make fun of him and laugh like oh you know whatever um my family are hunters they're deer hunters here um my brother and dad and brother-in-law they go on hunting trips and and other states i mean i never you know i've pushed deer before i have 
yeah, no, I, I grew up in the country. Like I grew up playing in a creek. I have spent many a time in the woods. I used to take my kids on nature, you know, nature hikes and, and <sighs> no, no, I never, ever, no. And it's even to say it now is absurd to me. Like it, I could, it's hard for me to wrap my head around, but that could even be a possibility. But, you know, um, when I yeah. left and went home, I mean, I, I guess I kind of like, when I left, it messed with me so bad that, like, I couldn't wait to come home. Like, I could not wait to get on the plane and come home. I, I, I was just, could not wait. And I remember, you know, I got the plane and I was so happy to see my husband. Like, I was so happy. But then I come home, you know, and like you try to figure out what it was. Like, so I'm sitting here at home and I'm like, hmm, you know, maybe I'll just Google, like, what big animals are in Wyoming? You know, like, what are their habits? Like, what do they do? Mm-hmm. And even though I know, like, I know in my head. I know that. And then. Well, I, I think, up, I think it's, I think it's smart on your part to, to do the work anyway, because. Well, yeah, that, because that I don't it, want it to be that. Well, but it, I understand the, the desire for it not to be that, but to, to eliminate other possibilities. Yeah. Kind of, for, oh, I, I kind of forces you, like there's none of them. It forces you to come to terms with. Absolutely. And that's a hard thing to swallow like that's really a slap in the face to realize that you know setting up by yourself because you know you have like this insomnia where you're up all night long until you pass out you know trying to function because you feel like you're crazy you know like you really question your like I questioned my sanity for a long time and then sure as shit you know if I say anything to anybody like when I would reach out to anybody and just like just maybe just question it or just you know, maybe it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, you know, come on. Like, are you kidding me? Like, and they laugh and they snicker like, oh, you girls, you know, like. Yeah. It was probably a deer or it was probably a bear. Or, you know, no, it wasn't. And I get so upset and just, I've been so pissed off for years because now to some people, it's kind of like a joke. Like, I don't tell everybody, but you know, <laughs> it's probably like a handful of probably 15 people that I've made mention to and everybody, you know, even my kids poke pun sometimes like, Oh, it's probably Bigfoot, you know, it's probably a Sasquatch. And that it really makes me angry. Honestly, it makes me really angry because like of all the shit in the world to lie about, like if I, you know, I mean, I would have saved like a, a bear cub or something, or I would have, you know, wrestled a fucking elk. I don't know, but I know that, Like, I know it wasn't an animal. I know that. I know that it's nothing that I've never seen. I know that. I just, I know it was, I know what it wasn't. And to try to convince people that that's what you saw, you know? And they don't believe you. Yeah. It was a slap in the face, really. It is. And, you know, I've, I've said this and, and I've heard other people say this. It's like, you know, these people that come forward with these, um, these, these stories, these experiences. And, 
you know, they, tr- they try to find a, um, an audience that will listen to them and not judge them for it. And it's very hard for them to, to find that audience. So many times they reach yeah. out to shows, you know, that are the precursors of why I decided to start doing this show myself um, in order to give people a platform to be able to talk about these things and not be judged, but also get information from other people who have had similar experiences Mm -hmm. and realize that you're not the only one. In fact, there are thousands of people in the U S let alone Canada, let alone Right. Other other countries throughout the world, most countries have reports of these things. And but just one person could tell me for sure, you know, like if just one person if one person is right, then Well, and I guess you know what I, mean? I guess like what I fall person, back on is would you stand up in front of a room full of these people who have said they've had an experience like you have and tell them that they were a liar? No. You know, and I I couldn't do that. Are there some people that look to find a few minutes of fame and, you know, try to get something on the news that they got a Bigfoot body in their freezer or, you know, some shit like that? Yeah. Are there are there producers out there who are putting out, uh, you know, mountain monster TV shows and finding Bigfoot? Finding Bigfoot has the four people that are in that show. Cliff Barackman, very science-based person. Mm-hmm. Extremely knowledgeable. Um, James Bobo Fay, Bobo from that show, sounds like a surfer dude. He's got the California uh, yeah, slur he's to very his. Smart. But that dude is a very well read individual. Yeah. Very experienced, very knowledgeable. A lot of people don't like Matt Moneymaker. Um, not a huge fan of his because he seems to come off very aggressive and gruff and in your face. Um, he's, he's got a lot of years wrapped up into this and I I forget the woman's name. She's very skeptical, science-based and, you know, the problem with those shows are that the producers have to get people interested to come back after commercial break. So they always come up with these little hooks to get you to keep watching. And at the end of the show, when the credits are rolling, you, you walk away being like, there's another episode, you know, another hour I'll (laughs) never get back. But I still watch those shows for what they are, and and that's a that's a show about a topic that I'm I'm very near and dear to. Um, I'm disappointed on a regular basis when they they take those the production values and incorporate that instead of actually sticking to what's going on. Right. Um, but there's a lot of people out there who are having these experiences. And not all of them are face-to-face sightings. Not all of them are, you know, oh, this thing stepped out from a tree and I, and I saw it. Right, and that's what I can't say. I can't say that I saw it peek behind a tree or swaying or um, I didn't hear howls. I didn't hear wood knocks. I didn't hear. And honestly, if I would have heard a wood knock, I probably wouldn't have known what the hell it was anyway. Like, I, I really... Mm-hmm. You know, I would assume a tree was falling or something. Like, I, I wouldn't have. Well, that's kind of why I asked why where Bigfoot was on your on your radar at the time that this happened, because I'm almost wondering if there may have been either structural signs that you may not have noticed 
or oh, or sound, or signs, you know, uh, vocalizations, or you know, because they're reportedly uh, able to mimic other woodland creatures, you know, like owls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, do we know that for a fact? No, but do they pop up in reports quite frequently? Yes. In fact, my experience on the Manistee, we had owls, and then we had wood knocks. Yeah. And then once I went to bed and got in my hammock after a ridiculous failure of equipment, <laughs> um, I'm hearing splashes in the in the in the Manistee River at one thirty in the morning, and I'm like, "Well, could it be beaver or muskrats or you know?" Sure, I guess it could have been fish jumping, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But these were these were pretty substantial splashes, and you know the river is is moving at a pretty good clip, so it's got its own noise that it's creating as it's doing that. Yeah, you know, so a fish breaking water, or uh, you know, maybe trying to jump out of the water and, and grab a bug that's on the top of the water to feed on it. Um, doesn't, right, doesn't seem like it's something that I would hear above the noise of the the river itself could be wrong. Could all been natural, but you know, the, the yeah, I don't think it was though. You know, so I wonder if, you know, there may have been some things going on in the area that you just were there very well could have been like, like I said, there was, there was, um, I don't think it's like a river. Yeah, it could have been. It was bigger than a creek, so I guess it probably could have been. I'm not sure what rivers go through there, but I know there was water. Like, we just had to walk across that little patch of, like, brush, and it was, like, it was like a mucky, and there were rocks. So, and it could be because we heated water up to, like, wash up with mm-hmm. stuff. So we were close to water, and that was on the so one you, side. And then, so you're in an isolated area. There, oh yeah, absolutely. Wildlife abounds. You're, yes. You're right mm-hmm. next to a water source. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had actually. I have a picture of a moose I can send you. Like we, when we took the truck out that day and drove around, like we were stopping at different places. Like there was a moose. You know, you know? now a moose walking through the woods. His his antlers are are definitely going to come come in contact with trees. Right. This one didn't have antlers though. And and what did you follow us back to the campsite? No. <laughs> like we we had two kids there with us. We're not quiet. Like we were not quiet. You know the kids are running around. Ah, you know everybody's. You know her and I are laughing and cutting up and carrying on and being stupid. So we weren't quiet. So, so if things were going on, we, I certainly didn't, no, I didn't even think about it because I guess my biggest fear out there was getting a flat tire and having to wait for someone to come get us, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> having to wait for a fellow camper who decides to come camp, you know, a weekend warrior to come help us back into town. I don't know. <laughs> Can I ask how old were the children that you had with you? <sighs> they would have been... 10 and 13. So like throughout the day, are, they, they, um, are these uh, guys, they're autistic too. So, so are these guys kind of just playing around the camp 
site yep. or are mm-hmm. they sitting on, you know, a yeah, they had a digi- few digital device with, uh, no, no, we didn't have, we had nothing out there. I think, I think the, um, I think there was a DVD player in the camper, but see, we didn't use the electricity all the time during the day because. So they're just you know, out having fun, making noise. Yeah. Be, being oh, yeah. Kids. We're playing like, in the water. Um, they're running around with us. You know, now, there's there's a couple of points to this that that really interest me, um, and you're probably not going to like when I bring it up. Um, a lot of reports of of these Sasquatch beings, um, watching from the wood line, watching children mm-hmm. interact as you know playing and doing doing their thing, um, probably. <clears throat> Probably an uh, an innate interest in it because they maybe recognize that same kind of behavior in in their you in their young. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know. Maybe it's something more nefarious. You know, maybe they, you know, they're looking at them as you know rock cornish game hens, and they're going to have them for right. dinner. You know, I, <laughs> we don't. We just don't know. Um, but the other thing is. With as many reports as there are of them observing children, there's also a, a large number of reports where women are involved. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I think without, without actually having to say it, I think your, your mind can kind of take yeah, off and, sure. and, and run with that. If there's any truth to any of the DNA evidence that has been... Um, brought forth so far with the DNA evidence pointing to these things having a human female DNA to within the last 10,000 years or so. The maternal DNA is human woman. Mm -hmm. The male DNA being that of something that in many of these DNA samples matches itself, matches each one of the other samples, but there is no match for it in the gen bank. So they don't know what the male um, contributor is. They can't, they can't match that to anything in the gen bank, which has a gazillion samples in it. So with varied reports throughout the world, as far as, the facial features and the structure of these things. Some are more um, animalistic. Some are more, you know, um, visually uh, more like an ape, mm-hmm. with but with a, a humanish nose. Um, then there's other reports of lighter skinned, lighter haired. Some blonde, some red hair, um, some with faces that are easily recognizable of that of being human to some extent. Yeah, you know. So yeah, if I've... if they're if they're if they're breeding, would at any point encompass an actual human? <laughs> Right. <laughs> it would make sense that their DNA would would eventually start pissing out and and becoming 
slightly more human than what they were previous. So, you know, the possibility mm-hmm. of them becoming to appear in the face anyway, more right. humanish. Um, but I, I asked you a question when, uh, when we first started uh, messaging back and forth about this. Mm-hmm. And, and I know it's a very personal thing, but I asked you if you could recall whether or not the time that you spent out there, you were, oh, was your, yeah. your time of the month. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to say that I was almost done. So I seriously probably maybe just the first day we were out there according to my planner. So, you know, and, and this is, so it just been one day, you know, I was just finishing up with my period. So I don't know, you know, you're, you're married and you have dated mm-hmm. in the past and you know, I've, I'm, <laughs> I guess the point that I'm getting at is, I'm pretty sure that most men listening to this will recognize that at some point during <clears throat> during a relationship with a woman when they're having having that issue at that time mm-hmm. of the month we are we are struck with the desire to to still engage sexually right and and I wonder if that's a if that's a pheromone or a hormone or something that is put off by, by the scent, by the scent of, you know, what you had going on that possibly attracts them. That that could have been, I don't, I mean, we use the bathroom in the camper. So I mean, we have good noses. I don't know. You know, and I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not (laughs) suggesting, I'm not suggesting that you, you, um, I didn't toss in the bushes. You you toss the stuff in the bushes. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm, what I'm, what I am saying is. Like maybe, maybe you you put off a scent. Yeah. That, that attracts males. I mean, because Mm -hmm. I've, I've been guilty of it and I know other guys that have been like, you know, so, I mean, to me, it's quantifiable that you know i've i've experienced that i know other guys have experienced that and yeah we have too many kids to experience that anymore we have catholic <laughs> insurance so <laughs> there's <laughs> there's no shenanigans here so like, you know i, I just funny yeah you know, we're done trying to understand <laughs> you know the the whole picture of why you why your camp would have been of interest to them to begin with either yeah i don't know either That's you either you were too close to an area that they um frequented mm-hmm. maybe you were too close to an area that they had their young in it sounds like to me it sounds very much like a in, uh, an intimidation display by the well, yeah because that's all that happened was just the once like i i wish i could say like oh you know i thought <sighs> actually i don't wish i could say it went on all fours or anything like that because <laughs> probably really would have been a mess but i mean I know what it wasn't. I know that, like I said, that it's impossible. No one can run like that fast. No one, no one can run that fast and no one could run that fast during the day and be that strong to make that noise. You know what I mean? To, to break that stuff and, 
and to you know to hear the I don't know to hear the woods just come alive like that's what happened like that quick but it was so quick it, it's not like it went on for you know 30 minutes I, I, I would guess it went on for I don't even know I don't know I sound crazy saying it maybe 10 seconds I don't know it was quick and in that short of a time, it went completely around your campsite. Yes. Front to behind and around. Yes. Because I, I don't, it happened very fast. And I mean, as soon as we heard the crashing, like it, see, as soon as the crashing noise started, like she hollered run, because that's how loud it was. But it was more than just one stick. It was like a breaking noise, like a, like a snapping and it was loud and it was like, you just, yeah, it would be like a, like a, like a tornado, minus tornado, you know, like, like. So you're indicating that it wasn't so much the sound of bushes being rustled or Oh no, it was not shook. bushes being rustled. No, you, you, no. You heard. You heard breaking. You heard. Sizable saplings and trees yes. being broke. Yes. And, and like I said, in those in that part of the woods, like we had walked through there, in that part there are trees down everywhere. Like you can't just run through the woods there. You're gonna mess around, and sprain your ankle. You know, you you can't. I mean, you have to watch where you're walking. There's rocks, tons of rocks, tons of deadfall trees that have you know trees that have fallen down, limbs. Like it's not like the woods here. You know, like I can walk in the woods here and, um, <laughs> you can kind of make your way through them. There you can't, like there's trees everywhere and they, and just, I don't know, they just fall down or heck, I don't know. You know, and it's for different the, than here, it's for not the, like a, your regular woods. For the listeners, um, you know, you, you might be asking yourself, well, if, if, if the woods were so thick, how did you manage to get a truck in, in your trailer in there? Well, there's spots that are cleared out. Based on the pictures that she sent me, there's there's obvious areas where the trees had been cleared. There's stumps that yeah. are maybe eight to ten inches still up off the ground, but everything had been cleared out of that area for, specifically for the purpose oh, of camping. Oh, I'm sure someone's camped there before. I'm sure someone's camped there before. People camp there all the time. But it's not like, like you just don't camp here. And then you have some, your neighbor, you know what I mean, you know, a stone's throw away. Like these people camp. This is this is not the camping. You're like, oh, let's you know go on a family vacation. No, they're camping in the mountains. They're camping. You, you can't. I mean, yeah, I could make it through the woods during the day, but would I go there at night? Absolutely not. Would I even try that? No, no, I certainly wouldn't. So this happened in the the summer of 2019, correct? Mm-hmm. And in July. And then you you uh, you messaged me that your family. Um, gets together mm-hmm. and does a, a a camp out in the Manistee National Forest. Is that correct? Yeah, that's up north. Mm-hmm. But I stay in a hotel. So, kind of. It's at my cousin's house, and everybody camps in the woods there. I don't, and I won't. I'll stay at a hotel, and I'll drive there. I'll just drive back and forth. I'm not going to stay, and I don't care if it's in our yard. I don't care if there's a road next to it. Like, I don't care. I, I don't want to camp. I don't want to go in the woods. Like, if my car were to break down at night, I would probably have a total meltdown on the side of the road. 
like, I don't want to take walks in the woods. I don't want to. I didn't even, like, I look sideways at the woods across the street from me now. And I guess the, the reason I bring this up is, is not to, to punish you or, or to make you, you know, like dwell in the fear that you have. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important for the listeners to understand that th- this event that happened to you was so impactful that that it, it, it has a lasting effect on your life, on your, on your, on your everyday life. Absolutely, because I don't know what it was. Because it doesn't happen to normal people. Like, I, I, I guess I don't know who I expected it to happen to. Like, I'm just, you know, I work, I have kids. You know, we're probably as normal as you can get. Like, to see me on the street, you wouldn't guess. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. It wouldn't even cross your mind. And that's how I feel. Like, why me? Like, why? Like, how does it happen? Like, I'm not out looking for it. Like, I'm not scouting the woods for odd stuff. Absolutely not. I wasn't before. And then, I guess before, I probably was, like, looking for rocks or sticks or something cool. You know? Yeah, little treasures in the woods. That, yeah. Know, to to have a memory of your, of your trip. And I absolutely loved going out there. Like that was my favorite place in the United States to go. Like that is Wyoming is the most beautiful state. It, it truly is like, um, Oh my gosh, there's so many different places to go there. And it's absolutely beautiful. Not just Yellowstone. You know, everybody goes to Yellowstone, which that's great too. But you know, like, yeah, there's just so many wonderful places to go around there. And, you know, even into Idaho, and into Utah, even, you know, it's just, it's really, a, out West is beautiful. It's absolutely amazing. It's breathtaking, you know, and you just drive around in awe, you know, because there's so much, I mean, it's, it's the most peaceful place ever. It's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's wonderful, but not anymore. I haven't been back since and I won't go back. I don't want to go to the mountains of Tennessee. I don't want to go. Yeah. I don't even want to go in the woods across the street from me, you know? Yeah. So where are you even at? Though, where are you at now? As far as your, your mindset, as far as what happened and, you know, after, after Googling you know, <laughs> the, the types of uh, critters that are out there in that area where well, you were, you know, what, where do you, where do you fall now? What do you, what's your gut tell you? I believe that Sasquatch is real, I guess. I believe that, yeah, it's certainly a possibility. Like it, yeah, yeah. I guess I would have to believe that, even though I don't want to. I mean, it's something that I know. I mean, can I say 100%? No, no, because I didn't see it. But I heard it, and I felt it, and that was enough. So I would say that, yeah, because there's nothing else that could be. There's really nothing else that it could be. Not even bears, you know. If that were a bear, come on, if it wasn't afraid of our bonfire and our lanterns you know i mean well but, but a bear is not that big a bear can't break trees like that a bear can't run like that you know a bear I, 
I don't even think a beer can do that. I really don't. I know it can't. I know it can't. So I guess, yeah, if I had to say it's real, it's real. If I have to be honest with you, but you know, like, I guess what stops me from saying that it's 100% real is that, you know. You didn't set your eyes on it. No, I didn't. And then I didn't, but you know what? I bet my life on it. That's what I would do. That's a pretty powerful statement. Bet my life on it that, that I know what I saw and I'm not crazy. And, you know and that's the frustrating part is like when you try to talk it out, you know what I mean? Cause it's such a messed up thing. It is such a messed up thing. And then, you know, the people that you try to tell, you know, like they may not like laugh at you. They may not say it, but you know, you can kind of see it. They're like, Oh, you know, well, uh-huh. <laughs> like were you girls drinking? Like, yeah, yeah, we certainly were. We had a couple of drinks. Absolutely. But that was over a couple hours span. And guess what? I know I wasn't drunk at all. Like I know that. No. So if I could take it back, that'd probably be the one thing I wouldn't do is drink. Just so I could tell everybody certainly like, no, no, I wasn't drinking. But if I said I wasn't, I would be lying. But was I drunk? Absolutely not. Like I said, it was like, it's like two beers. Like, come on. Yeah. And that was over a span of time. And we ate dinner. So there's that. No, it wasn't. And yeah, and I know that I wasn't, you know, I don't down beer because I know it's really odd, but. Like, I don't like cold beer. I like, like, room temperature <laughs> beer. I know it's, like, the craziest thing ever, but I do. I like, like, room temperature. So, yeah. So, I know it took me a while to finish mine anyways. And, and I didn't even finish the second one. But, no, I, I mean, I don't know. I wish I could say that. Maybe maybe I'd want to be drunk. Like, maybe maybe if I were shit-faced, I could make myself believe that, oh, you know, <laughs> you were just drunk. You know, I don't smoke pot. I don't take any medication or anything. You know, like there's no, there's nothing that would mentally make me think that. Do you feel and you have some degree of like a post-traumatic stress? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. How do you how do you feel? I mean, <clears throat> early I could hear the emotion in your voice. You you were starting to. Um, well, because it makes me feel panicky. It makes me feel like nervous. Well, and I mean, I think that speaks to the the validity of of what you're saying. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if you've listened to my episode two. I did. Uh, I did. You know. Um, yep, I, I did. There again. In, in both. So that's how I look across. I got the woods across the street from me, like, um, not going to happen. Yeah. Like, I look crazy when I drive through there to go to my sister's house in LaGrange, like, not anymore. Because, because I know that's on the way, you know? Yeah. And I didn't think that it would be, like, I thought that I was safe here. Like, maybe up north, you know? Maybe, you know, in the UP, I don't know. But I never, ever, ever would have guessed down here, ever. But I believe them. I believe every word they said. Yeah, and the, the emotion that was is in their voice, and especially what really hit me the hardest was um, when I was interviewing the daughters, mm-hmm. because at that point of the show we had to take it was either two or three breaks mm-hmm. because the uh, the emotions were kind of welling up in both of them. 
I couldn't imagine being babies and seeing that. I really couldn't. I couldn't imagine being younger children and seeing that. I really can't wrap my head around myself, you know, and I'm in my 40s, like what? <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't imagine being a father, and I couldn't imagine, no, none of it. You know, following you, but, but I believe it. I certainly do believe it. Yeah. I actually believe everything that I hear about that because... Like I know how outlandish this sounds. Like, like I know how messed up it sounds. But you know, we don't know everything. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would. I wish I did know. I guess I. I don't know. Like, I wish I knew. You wish, no you, you, you wish you knew for for the peace of mind of just so I could and probably say to everybody like ha huh. like I told you so yeah you know and I I secretly like I know it sounds horrible but it's like oh I I hope you guys are camping one day and I hope something scares the shit out of you like I really do I hope something screwed up happens well and I think that's a natural reaction to somebody that's you know not not giving you the respect of hearing you out and, and accepting that you feel this way. They may not agree with it, but you, you should at least listen to somebody and, and give them the right to feel the way they do. And they'll tell you that they do like they'll, but they don't like they literally, if like everybody looks at me, like I almost feel like maybe, which I know, I know that they wouldn't because maybe if they don't say anything, like maybe, in their head they maybe wonder if it you know you know like the, the if fam- it was real or they're just gonna say like oh okay you know like we believe you just to you know surpass me like just so just so they can say like okay you know we believe you but i feel like they don't believe me mm-hmm. if that makes sense like i feel like everybody looks at you like with this disbelief you know what i mean like well like, I, I think you have to take a look at both sides of it i mean one you're asking somebody to believe something that's pretty fantastic. Not, not in that it's not true, but it, that that's a lot to wrap your head around. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for somebody that maybe this isn't on their radar at all. They've never investigated right. or looked into it or ever watched a episode of finding Bigfoot or, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. um, but on the other hand, I mean, what, what purpose would you have for, for making exactly up. right you know exactly so. because and i'll be honest like if they told me something like that i'd probably like mm, i i, mean, I want to say i would believe them too but i guess i have to look at it that way because i'd probably be like oh okay you know like i probably have some smart ass comment too or something you know and after after several uh several conversations with you I had, uh, I think I indicated to you that shortly after those episodes aired, I had multiple emails, uh, three of them, I think it was in fact, one Mm -hmm. from a gentleman down in Syracuse, Indiana, who was in the process of training a gentleman who grew up in the Cass uh, Cass County area, Uh and he was aware of reports of sightings in that area. Yeah. And, and two others that 
one indicating uh, the Cass area and one indicating the Edwardsburg area of southwest mm-hmm. Michigan. And then one specifically pointing out a um, a large large piece of property that's owned by a very uh, famous uh, cat litter manufacturer. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly where that's at. And that is not very far from you at all. <laughs> no, it's not. And you know what's funny is um, there's um, that's Cascada Road that that's on. And if you drive down that and you almost get to Russ Forest and off to the left. The house. There are like three big butts in the yard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I am a firm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, sure, there's people that enjoy the subject of Bigfoot or interested in the subject. Um, See, I wonder, I took a walk one day um, down by the lake and this man stopped and we were just chatting. You know, he had a little dog and I had my grandson with me in the stroller and he was petting a dog and. He said, oh, you see my book back there in the woods? And I'm like, oh, okay. And like I said, we're in town. So, like, I saw his Bigfoot. And I'm like, oh, you know, so. You know, I tried to open that up. And, yeah, I kind of got, like, maybe the feeling that it was just, like, a joke. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go any further. I was just like, yeah, whatever. But maybe he believes, too. I don't know. Well, I, I just think, keep it to I the th- safe people that. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, and I, I, and I, I think, you're the first person I've ever talked hmm. to about it in detail since I've been home. I well, am, one other person, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And how do you feel talking about it? Um, I mean, is it is it a cathartic? Actually, I mean, it feels good not to have someone like maybe poke fun at you or like that believes that it could be something that could happen, mm-hmm. you know, that it could be real. Cause I, I really question my sanity sometimes I think. Um, but then in a way it makes me feel like I can sit on the front porch cause inside it's pretty like, you know, I got the kids in there and they'll want to talk to me and, you know, carry on. So I'm outside on the porch, but like as I look across the street, you know, at the wood line, <laughs> like it almost makes me start to feel a little panicky or a little like, you know, like it's getting dark and you need to go inside. Yeah. And again, I think that just speaks to the, the, like the, I don't mess around outside. I don't, I'm not going to take a walk at night. I'm not going to, I, I really don't leave at night. I mean, sometimes, you know, if we're out and about, but, I don't make it a point to like, oh, it's, you know, go on a nighttime drive. Like we went kayaking yesterday um, on a lake here in town. And it's pretty wooded on one side. And I kind of thought about that too, you know, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like you catch yourself like looking at the wood lines, you know, like what, what's going on, you know, like. <laughs> I don't want to pinpoint the location, but were you on the no. were you on the smaller lake or were you on the bigger? Uh... Um, we actually were on the smaller one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we went on the smaller one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one is uh, that has got. Uh, yeah, we haven't very... been on that one. Um, so that was our first time. 
That's, and it's got um, a very decent they did a lot of improvements. Yeah, they did a lot of improvements, and they have this little thing up there where you can rent kayaks and like the the paddle boat and stuff. So mm-hmm. we took the kids dinner, and all of us just were hanging out and decided to go out on the lake for a couple hours. And like a good idea. So that's what we did. But even something like that, you can't relax a hundred percent. Um. No, no, I don't. Well. If it would have been me and my husband, maybe I would have relaxed, but, you know, like we, we had two in the back that wanted to jump off, and, you know, they were so bored, and it was so yeah. hot, and, you know, like, if they pedaled, they were going faster, and I'm on, you know, so it was a big shit show, but, you know, it sounded like a good idea at the time. But, no, I mean, if I went with my husband, yeah, I mean, I would probably relax with him, but I, I wouldn't be, like, all up in the wood line, you know. Yeah. I would just, I guess, fingers crossed they couldn't swim that faster. I don't know. Like, maybe I could paddle faster than them, or I don't know. I don't know, but no, I'm not comfortable around any of it anyway. Like I don't have any use for it anymore. I don't, you know, and that's, that's the part of, you know, like that statement you just made. Hopefully they can't swim that fast. I mean, right. That experience over two years ago has, has embedded itself and you you sound like a very, uh, you very, think about it every a, single day. A very normal, very well-adjusted, you know, like you were saying, if you saw me walking down the street, you'd never have any idea. No. Um, but, you know, it it's a powerful thing right, to hear you somebody know. that it, it, it has affected them as, as much as it has. It's, I guess it's just really frustrating. You know, it, I really get pissed that, you know, everybody believes in ghosts, right? Mm-hmm. You believe in God, you can't see them. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you have the audacity to tell me that I'm crazy or, you know, that, that I'm making shit up, but you know what I mean? Like, no, I, but, I, I understand you, exactly you know, what you mean, but that's okay. You know, for you to see your dead, you know, neighbor or grandma on the window or whatever, which I don't must that shit either, but it's kind of like a slap in the face, really. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, and that, you know, and that is something that a very large group of people feel whenever they talk about this stuff. That's why so many, um, why there's so many outlets that that people come on and, you know, like my show, Sasquatch Chronicles. Uh, there's mm-hmm. there's a handful of other um, really well done shows that, you know, tackle these subjects. Yeah. Some of them, they try to put too much of their opinion into it. Um, there's a couple of really good ones that just let the, the guests come on and, and tell their story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, yeah, well, I'm not an expert by any means. And I had no intentions of telling anybody this ever. Like, I think I messaged you because <laughs> it was like the cup, you know? So I like sent you like a message for about that, but I had no intentions on telling anyone really. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you decided to. Um, yeah. I think it's I think it's important, um, like John from from episode two. It was several weeks after uh, we had done the, the the recording, and it was actually a couple of weeks after it had even aired. And uh, he contacted me, and he he was pretty shook up. He was he was actually at his place of business, and. Mm-hmm he had been trying to listen to a, um, an additional episode that, uh, Shannon LeGro from into the fray suggested to him. 
because he and I appeared on that on her show. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was actually listening to that episode, which was the one that aired the week before he and I were uh, on her show. And uh, he told me he was, he called me while I was at work and he's like, Hey, can you talk for a little bit? And I said, well, I was just getting ready to leave for lunch. Let me call you when I get out in the car. And uh, he, he was shook. He was like, you know, I'm trying to listen to the show and I can only get through like 10, 15 minutes of it. Mm -hmm. I listened to a little bit of it last night. I'm listening to a little bit of it now on my break. And he's like, I'm, I'm finally realizing that I have not dealt with this emotionally. And, you know, no, I, I packed it in because I had to take care of my family and I had to take care of my kids and I had to make sure this was safe and I had to put the cameras up at the house and I had to do this and I had to do that. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, seven years later, he says, I'm, I'm finally realizing that I've never dealt with this emotionally of what it did to me and what I saw and the fact that it couldn't possibly be what it was. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I felt terrible because I felt like I reopened up something that, you know, he maybe would have been better off not talking about. And he, he like immediately jumped on and he's like, no, he said it was one of the best things that I've done is being able to talk about it and tell the whole thing start to finish right? and, and not have somebody, you know, judging me or, or, or rolling their eyes or, you know, making stupid jokes. And, uh, you know, the daughters, uh, you know, I got a hug when I was leaving their house after, after doing the recording and they basically said, you know, it was just really cathartic that we were able to finally tell somebody this whole thing without being, you know, without our friends. Right, because it's like a dirty like secret. Crazy. Yeah. Like, that's why, that's why I feel like it's like a secret that I have to keep, you know. And I can't talk to anybody. I can't tell anybody about it because they'll think I'm crazy. You know, and I guess, I guess, you know, there's, there's a part of me, I'm not an expert. I am not a psychologist. I am not anything with any kind of massive letters after my name. Um, But, you know, like what I'd like to suggest to you is that even though it may With as much as it's affected you and still does to this day, I, I, I kind of, I teeter on whether or not I should suggest, you know, listening to some of these other shows that people like yourself mm-hmm. are giving their accounts. Because one, it would make you realize that you're not alone. No, I've listened to some of them. Like I do listen to Sass House Chronicles and stuff like that, but... um. But even even listening to some of those shows, like I know that sounds kind of dumb too, because it's not me and I'm not there, you know. But I like when it happens to them, like I feel really jumpy for them, like run, you know what I mean, like or panicky, like oh god, yeah. It's just it's just messed up all of it. It's just ridiculous, and it's hard for me to wrap my head around some days. Well, and another thing I was going to suggest, and and I, I wouldn't have said this a year ago because I had not been to any of these, um, but just this past uh, middle of July, I took a vendor's booth to support the show mm-hmm. at the Michigan Bigfoot Conference in Ann Arbor. Do they have those all the time? 
they there are several throughout the state and there mm-hmm. there are several throughout many states um you know through the year um and i i guess what the what the positive thing of of going to one of those places is is you are surrounded by people who are either interested in wanting to learn more having had experiences looking for somebody to talk to about it people who have been investigating this stuff for years um are there some quacks absolutely i'm sure there are there are some but the thing that i <laughs> and and I'm, I'm i i risk alienating some people here by saying this but i think with anything you're going to have you're going to have people who are you know whatever the subject is you you're going to have people that are interested in it you're going to have people that have experienced it you're going to have people that want to experience it you're going to have people that are you know trying to uh, understand more about whatever it is whether it's ghosts or you know rebuilding a car engine anything like that um you're going to you're going to have a segment of people that are <laughs> not normal <laughs> um, right maybe take things a, a little too far i guess is what i'm getting at uh, I- exaggerate their their interest in it um but by and large the the people that i met that day and it was it was quite a long day we started at 9 a.m and uh, i think we finished up probably around six thirty, seven o'clock the vast majority of the people that i had any contact with spoke with at length, all very, very normal people, you know? And, and I think that's, that's an important thing to get out there that they're not a bunch of kooks. These aren't a bunch of crazy people who are no, I'm looking not for, crazy. For, t- for attention, you know? And when they go to these types of conferences, I think there's some, there's some confidence and some comfort in knowing you're around a bunch of people that that are into accepting this this type of experience, right. and and it might be something that you might find some power in by going to one and and understanding that you know that that's a place where and you don't even have to say anything. You all you have to do is look around and and realize mm-hmm. that. You know, every person that's walking through here, and I don't know, uh, you know, throughout the course of the day, I'm guessing, but I, I, I would have to say, you know, maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 people throughout the day, mm-hmm. not including the vendors or the speakers. You know, and this this last one, they had some great speakers there. Um, those those halls with the uh, the speakers were we're chuck full of people, you know, and you get everything from extremely science based, uh, like Cliff Brackman. And then you have, you know, Igor Burtsoff who, you know, he's got his own take on things. And, you know, I mean, you, there, you can find something for, for every level of interest that you have in this. And, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's something you might want to think about, 
going and checking out just just to let yourself know that right you know you have a visualization of there's there's all these people here and they're here for the same reason that I am they maybe not have had an experience maybe they're hoping to have an experience and you might look at them and and think you know what the hell's wrong with you because right exactly no I don't know I don't know I guess I mean I might think about something like that but Yeah. Well, there is going to be one here uh, relatively close to to home uh, coming up in September. And uh, my intent is to to take my booth and, and support the show there again. Right. Where is that at? It would be in uh, Dwajak. No shit. At Sisters Lake Brewery. <laughs> That's super close. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, back in, I might have the date wrong, I think it was 1967, uh, the Dewey Lake Monster. Uh, they had a, huh. for the most part, of, better part of a year, uh, some some witnesses uh, describing something. There, there, There are some, the thing that disturbs me a little bit about the that subject, Dewey Lake monster is there were several several descriptions which relate directly to a Sasquatch. There were a couple of descriptions which made this thing seem like it was possibly more aquatic. Um, oh. In that it had like uh, seaweed on it or some kind of moss growing on it. Um, was wet, smelled stinky. Um, so there, there's a little bit of a disconnect between a couple of accounts and and the wider, the broader spectrum of accounts. Um, but the the Lost Cryptids Conservatory, which are the people that put on the the big Bigfoot conference that I was at in Ann Arbor, uh, mm-hmm. middle of July, they're also the ones that put put this one on. Hmm. And uh, they've got a, a great group of investigators that are, are there to talk to people. They take accounts. Uh, they write down reports. Um, and it's, No, I certainly won't say it again to anyone. I don't well, want to. And, and I'm not saying you need to. Um, yeah. but, but to be around, you know, 40, because 40, I mean, I feel 40 like to 60 people. Me. But, you know, I don't have, like, that whole woo factor. Like, I don't have it. Like, oh, yeah, you know, it was 10 foot tall. And, you know, like, I I don't know anything like that. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, and I think the thing that you'll find. And that's what. The yeah. thing that you'll find is a lot of people. And I don't know why I keep getting um, blessed with being able to talk to people who have not seen one but have experienced, I keep calling it the peripheral effects of being in the, in the, um, in the presence of them. Um, the episode that aired, uh, two days ago, yesterday, they didn't see anything, but everything that they experienced on their trip up to, uh, Marquette, Michigan camping with their family, everything points to, you know, a low rumbling growl that they felt before they heard it. Hmm. 
knocking in the woods. You know, everything, everything points to, could it be something else? Absolutely. It could be something else, but what, what could it be? You know, I don't know. The husband, figure it out. The husband, they're at the top of Sugarloaf Mountain and he's walking along the edge of the wood lines, looking into the woods, trying to figure out because he's a construction worker. He builds houses, um, or is a handyman. He's trying to figure out who's, who's hammering, uh, who's pounding on, on wood out in the middle of, you know, the woods on top of the, of Sugarloaf Mountain because they're hearing these, what he described to be, I know what sounds, I know what wood sounds like when it hits wood and it was wood hitting wood. And then, you know, so, I mean, I think the peripheral aspects of your story are just as important as an eyewitness count because people who listen to this and do decide to go out and camp in the woods and, and spend a lot of time outdoors, maybe it makes them a little more perceptive of their surroundings. Maybe it makes them a little more aware of what's going on. And if they hear something unusual instead of just ignoring it and going on about with what they're doing, maybe it registers with them. Maybe it, you know, there's, there's some, there's some connect there that they maybe, wow, maybe why am I feeling weird? Why do I feel like I shouldn't be here, but I'm ignoring it. Maybe I shouldn't, Mm -hmm. maybe I should leave, you know, follow your gut instinct. I mean, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in when your gut tells you something, follow it because it's, more times well, I'm two, but my gut told me, and all hell broke loose. So, yeah. <laughs> all within a span of five minutes, from start to finish. So, yeah. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and uh, having the courage to talk about this. I appreciate you choosing my show. Yeah, I appreciate uh, you too. I'm sure we'll have continued conversations about this. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, this and the rest of the shenanigans. <laughs> but if you if you are interested, um, I'd be more than happy for you guys to to tag along with me, um, middle of September. Yeah, I think that would be fun. And, uh, you know, just get your feet wet and and see what it's like to be around other people who have had, uh, if nothing else, a, a common common interest, common point of interest, and uh, maybe even get to hear somebody else with, with some experiences well, that would probably be good Angel thank you so much you're so very welcome thank you for having me on have a good night I want to hear your stories I want to hear your experiences so email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com If you like the show, please share it with your friends. Share it on your social media. The more people the show gets out to, the more experiences we'll have to listen to. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram or Twitter. We have t-shirts still available. $25. That includes shipping to anywhere in the continental U.S. 
until next week. Stay uncomfortable. <laughs>